Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Up the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 underway. Tuesday edition is here. The crew is all here. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. John McClain will join us in an hour. We'll talk NFL headlines. Jamar Smith from the Birmingham Stallions plays for a USFL title this coming weekend. He will join us in hour number three and a plenty of headlines and discussion throughout today's show. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm ready for a big show today. I'm always ready. At least I like to think so. But today, I'm definitely ready. I too am ready. Uh, I'm very curious about the Deshaun Watson hearing. I'm curious if it takes a day, if it takes two days. Um the, the other the other element of this that I'm curious about, I don't think it could happen, but, you know, Roger Goodell doesn't have to be the guy that rules on this when it comes to him. He can assign somebody, so he could conceivably give this to Troy Vincent, uh, who would be the most likely deputy that he would assign it to if he wanted to say, I'm not being judge and jury here, somebody else is, which would create a whole nother ripple effect. I can't imagine him doing that, but... It's in the realm of possibility and in, in the realm of the rules here. So just a week ago, before the reports started coming out about it's going to be at least a year, or the NFL is going to push for at least a one-year suspension, I, I thought that nothing, nothing would shock me about this because of the uncertainty with all of it. Like you could say it's a three-game suspension or a season and a half, and I feel like nothing would really surprise me because the NFL's sort of inconsistency throughout this case, now that there's so many people reporting about the NFL pushing for a long suspension, I'm now going to be shocked if it's not a season. Now it sounds like indefinite, but with that being a year where he has to ask back in after, and we've seen some of those are not ringing a bell off the top of my head. Pac-Man Jones might have had to ask back in after his year. And who's the receiver for the Browns that went to Baylor? Oh, uh, had Gordon. The drug issues. Uh, uh, Josh Gordon. Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Who's been there, re- multiple times. There's an example of of having to meet with the commissioner, so it's not uncommon. And the indefinite the the indefinite suspension just allows the NFL to say that they've put him on the shelf for an uncertain amount of time until they figure out how things are going to play out long term with also this. Also allows but, you to mess with the Browns. Could have done this last year. Also done this last year. Yeah. Also allows you to mess with the Browns on the back end in terms of not knowing when he, if and when he gets reactivated in terms of their quarterback situation for 2023. I came in saying, and uh, it turns out that Baker Mayfield spoke today. We've talked a lot about where Baker Mayfield is better than the starter without saying the obvious. He is better than Jacoby Brissett who is going to be the starter in Cleveland. Cleveland has a good roster. And with a, you know, give them the best quarterback they could have, they could contend in that division. 
I don't think they're going to do anything with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback except hand off to Chubb and try to play defense. But I think if Baker Mayfield, healthy, if they somehow could repair that, they're going to pay the $18 million or close to it, even with a deal. They'd pay 15, they'd pay 14, they'd pay 13 dealing him. I, I'm starting to think, and Baker, you've got the quote probably in front yep. of you, Chad. They should, they should do what they have to do to make up there and go back at it with Baker Mayfield. This is per Soonerscoop.com. This is at Baker Mayfield's youth football camp in Oklahoma. Uh, was asked about the likelihood he would return to the Browns. He said, nah, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. But we're ready to move on, I think, on both sides. He later clarified the reaching out would need to come from the Browns. Um, I don't think he's going to be back with the Browns. I don't know that this is a groundbreaking quote. It's also way less definitive than I would have expected from Baker Mayfield. He left room. To say... It would take some reaching out. I, I'm, I don't think I'm really reading between the lines to take that quote and think, the Browns probably could retain him if they got on their hands and knees and begged Baker Mayfield to come back for one season, that the door's not completely shut. Well, contractually, they could kind of force it. Yeah, but I mean, if you wanted to have success, yeah, if you really have to you don't just it. force it, you'd have to say, look, man, we get where you're coming from. This was not handled the right way, uh, but we need you. But they could also, you know, uh, something like that, and then say, hey, you need us, we need you, let's go win this year. Division's wide open. Let's go do it. The only way Baker Mayfield should return to the Browns is on a contract extension, period. And they're not going to do that. Well, what is, I, I, why would he, I mean... But, but, but let me explain this from an injury perspective. He just played through the shoulder injury that has marked him and downgraded him amongst other teams and as far as trade value is concerned. For from week two until the end of the regular season, when it was official they were out of playoffs, it was going to the final week of the season when they finally put him on injury reserve. He did all of that, and the Browns went out and signed Deshaun Watson to the first fully guaranteed contract in NFL history for a quarterback. Knowing that, knowing that he's already put it all on the line, trying to earn the contract extension. There is no way he should come back on the one-year contract that he has and play in Cleveland. Does he just period. fake an injury? He could do that. He can mention that something's banged up with his shoulder. Um, or, you know, the Browns have already been the ones that have parted ways. They parted ways with him whenever they signed Deshaun Watson. So he's not getting an He's also right. saying in this quote, if we're reading between the lines, that they've had little to zero communication throughout this entire offseason as an organization and player. And, oh, by the way... There are players in the locker room who don't like the guy. Well, so he's not getting an extension in Cleveland. He's not getting an extension wherever he gets traded. His contract is not coming to a head until next spring. Well, you say he's not getting an extension. I, I haven't heard that if a team's trading for him and they're only going to just play it out this year with him. I, I don't understand why you would extend it. Everybody's waiting to see what he does next. If you're trading for him right now and the Browns are going to play a good, pay a good share of that 18, why would you extend it? Well, the, the idea is um, they may not end up trading. They may end up cutting him. And in that case, he's a free agent to sign anywhere he wants to. Right. He's, gonna, he's not going to sign for a one-year contract. He's not going to get offered a two-year contract. I well, mean, he might the, get offered a two-year contract that's paper, but nobody's signing him to a long-term deal. Yeah, I don't know who would do that. The best thing to me that could happen for he's his career no is that he gets dealt, goes somewhere, plays great for a year, and, earns and a signs a long contract. extension. I just don't know... 
I mean, it's possible because anything's possible. I mean, a guaranteed contract for Deshaun Watson obviously is possible in the NFL. But who's going to trade for Baker Mayfield right now and sign him to a long-term multi-year extension? Well, it's not going to be a mega deal, but if I'm – if I'm Baker Mayfield, that's that's my play. Well, I I'm know what you for, want, but I don't think you're getting it. Well, I, I, I mean, we didn't think Terry McLaurin was going to con- get a contract extension. He just got one in Washington. Mega contract for Terry McLaurin with the Washington Commanders. For all who said, oh, leverage is over. Uh, you're not going to be able to get a, year, a, a deal after year three with the same team. They're going to trade you or they're going to go and replace you. That's happened there. But Debo Terry Samuel, Debo the, Samuel's playing ball with San Francisco in a long-term contract. But their production hasn't dipped. Their production isn't in question. His, unfortunately, his shoulder's a part of it, but even well, before me, his shoulder, Baker Mayfield was no lie. Let's rewind. Why in the hell, if you're Baker Mayfield, do you return to the Cleveland Browns? Answer that question. To play. Not to play. No, you, you just played through a shoulder injury all of last year, and they turned around and gave a fully guaranteed contract, not to the guy they drafted four years ago, but to the guy who has 22 at the time, civil cases against him. And gave it fully guaranteed and front-loaded it so that he gets the guaranteed money up front to signing on signing bonus. And then a $1 million base salary in case he's suspended for a handful of games in the first part of the season. I agree, and I'd be bitter about all that. But right now, I want to find the best place to go play. And the best place to go play might turn out to be... Cleveland. They, Seattle the Browns, is not in, uh, indicated one time it wants Baker Mayfield. Carolina can't come to an agreement here and ultimately wants another guy to play this year. In Cleveland, you'd be the best quarterback on the roster this year. For a team that doesn't want you. But why is Baker Mayfield just not saying what Deshaun Watson said all of last year? He told David Coley. We heard from David Coley yesterday about it. Absolutely not playing for the Houston Texans this season. It's Baker Mayfield that's slightly leaving the door ajar. I figured the answer would be, no, I'm not playing for the Browns. They traded a quarterback without, for a quarterback without my knowledge, not wanting me back. So the hope is I'm, I'm somewhere else. I, I get your contract thing. I do, and you're, you're, you're consistent on that. But I think you underrate the, I got to play. I, I got to go somewhere and play, show He's off what going I can do to, play. to earn the He's money. He's going to play in Seattle or San Francisco or, I mean, just name another team that needs a quarterback right now. He's going to Carolina. He's going to play in one of these cities. It's not going to be in Cleveland. No, I don't think so either. But I, I don't think it would be dumb of Cleveland to try to repair things. It, it is. It would be. Uh, I mean, he's better the, than Jacoby again, the, Brissett. The is only, my only way point. you do this if you're Cleveland is if you void the contract of Deshaun Watson. Why? Why would? It, it, why would you bring back Mayfield in a year where Watson is suspended indefinitely? Keep this in mind. It's not a year. This is under the pretense that it's indefinite. Indefinite can mean six weeks. Indefinite can mean 12. Indefinite definitely means a year. But what they've, what they've done is they've set themselves up to where they don't have the guy that they addressed with a first overall pick in, in, in Baker Mayfield. They don't believe in him. It's not like they have a new head coach and came in with a new regime. It's the coach that has been behind the scenes with him that said, uh, yeah, we're moving on. It's the, it's the general manager that said, we're moving on. They, they've been done with Baker Mayfield before they even signed Deshaun Watson. But it might they turn then out went and to be a mistake. For if they're going to go quarterback shopping now, who are their options? Garoppolo, and you're going to give up more to go get Garoppolo after you traded the bank, traded the whole house for It doesn't Watson. necessarily have to be Garoppolo. It, it, it can be Jacoby Brissett and a player to be named in a trade that's... 
you know, backup quality. It can be well, Sam Darnold. I, all I'm saying is... It can is, be Joshua Dobbs who's there right now as the backup. Right. Well, all I'm saying is those guys are worse than Baker Mayfield. And they made the decision that they were better off without Baker Mayfield going right. with Deshaun Watson, but knowing that he could be suspended. Yeah, and knowing that Jacoby Brissett would start the season. But, but either way, they, they knew that they were going to be without... They, they didn't know this for sure, because the Texans never knew either, for that matter. But they knew he was going to be suspended for some part of the season. Yes, they absolutely. Not? That's why they and, signed And they Brissett. chose to go and get Jacoby Brissett to fill that void. But Brissett for four games as opposed to Brissett for a season is what they're looking at now. That's all I'm saying. Brissett for a season, well, they're not going to play. And they've it's, seen Baker Mayfield for three seasons and said, we've seen enough. It's completely, That's my point. It's completely implausible. And it probably, it, def, let's, it definitely won't happen. But here's the deal. I know I realize what I'm saying when I say take money out of it. Take the money piece out of this. Just look at the quarterback. We're talking about professional sports. The best thing for the Cleveland Browns this season, if, if, if Deshaun Watson can't play, is Baker Mayfield. The best option for Baker Mayfield continuing his career and taking a giant leap forward and springboarding that to another team and getting a big contract is playing with the Browns. Now, I say all that to also say, not going to happen because Cleveland moved on from him. Not going to happen because Baker Mayfield seems to have moved on a from Cleveland. I also still, to this day, do not completely understand why some other quarterback-needy teams have not been more in the game for Baker Mayfield. Not a great ringing endorsement with talk around the league about Baker Mayfield. And maybe they're just the doing the The fact that the market play. has not been hotter for him. And maybe they're just doing the long play because they know Cleveland ultimately is going to have to get rid of him. And you know what? Paying 14 is better than paying 18. We, we also don't know what Cleveland's trying to get in return. Um, because it, like we've heard that uh, someone mentioned that Sam Darnold could be in a swap now that Garoppolo could be in a swap. You know, it doesn't... It, I, the, the team that's trading, they want to get, they want to unload one of their quarterbacks too. And the Browns are already committing fifty-eight million this year to quarterbacks. To quarterbacks, and one of them they're about to trade away. So why would you bring on even more to to what Cleveland's doing? I, I think most teams, Chad, expect the Browns to cut him because they're going to be left with no alternative as training camp rolls around. And you're not going to trade for a contract that you inherit. You'd rather just negotiate your own. And you that's why him. I think you get a multi-year deal out of it. Because there will be multiple teams that will try to sign him on the open market. And in the same way the Browns end up with Deshaun Watson, there will be a team that comes over and says, we're going to give you this, and we'd like you to be around for longer than a season. Especially if you're a team, especially if you're signing a guy in July or August, why would you invest a year with that guy? You would want him long term, longer than a season, to be able to come in and, and know the organization. Otherwise, why bother signing him? I think he'd prefer a one year deal at that point. Go out, prove it, well, and, he's, and he's, get yourself on but the market. By, I, think, by I think missing Seattle out, makes too much sense. But by right missing now, out on all him. of this, all of this off season, he has missed. I mean, he is really behind the eight ball joining a new team. But you could be in worse situations than being there the first day at camp. Ideally, you'd get a couple weeks to learn, you know, to read and study the playbook before yeah. you get to camp. You don't want to arrive the first day at camp. The other, there, there, so there are three options or uh, outcomes, I guess we should say, for for the hearing for Watson that's taking place with the NFL uh, disciplinary officer, which is uh, her name is Sue Robinson. She's a former um, attorney and a federal attorney, I believe, federal judge, excuse me. And 
she is hearing from Watson both today and could last until tomorrow. But so what could come of this is no suspension, a suspension, which would be appealed. But the other alternative, which has been uh, out there, is the NFL and the NFLPA could reach a settlement before this hearing is even over on what the discipline will end up being. And at that point, there is no appeal, and it's immediate, and in effect, whatever suspension would take place at that point. Now, that's very unlikely, given the fact that the NFLPA has already said that they anticipate the NFL trying to hand down an unprecedented suspension, and they they were going to prepare an appeal that was coming through Florio, what, 10 days ago? So I doubt they negotiate this in any straight terms. Um, I, Paul, I, I think what you said with the indefinite suspension, we I brought this up yesterday. I mean, that's the language that they'll use. And, I mean, how do you appeal an indefinite well, what suspension? Would, what would Deshaun Watson's camp? Well, you appeal it and, and say, and NFL I, want, PA, I want a number on it. <laughs> well, what, what would be sufficient to them to not appeal at all? If they just got something right now. I'll give you the, oh, the mark for me. Anything. Eight games. If the league came in and said, we will agree upon eight games with no appeal. Well, then the NFLPA would likely agree to that. That's what I'm saying. What what is the barometer, though, for no appeal? To me, it's half a season. But if they just came out and said eight games, they'd appeal it. Yeah, if they didn't negotiate the suspension, the PA is always going to appeal it. I'm saying if you were to negotiate the 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 negotiation period's over, though. Uh, No, that can still go on. No, I'm saying if they... They can announce the negotiation between the NFL and the NFLPA... Chad's right. If they come to it, they I, I could reach the a settlement on half this a season. if they wanted to. I think anything above that would be appealed and there'd be no agreement. If you were going to come to a settlement on the suspension, to me, the, the, the number, the line of demarcation to not appeal and to come to that settlement would be half a season. I, I would agree with that. I think that. anything I would take that above that, they're appealed. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm taking that. Well, if I'm the Browns, I'm taking the, that. The timing of the settlement is very intriguing. Um, and, you know, why, why all of a sudden do you settle all but four cases right as you're getting up to the line of the suspension being announced? Yeah, to me, it's all or none, right? I mean, if you did all of them, that really changes things. Well, but with I mean, four still hanging out there. It's not all up to Deshaun Watson. No, I know. So the NFL can't control the four women that no, didn't I, sign. I, I'm saying if Deshaun Watson could have gotten it all done, that changes the landscape yeah, entirely. He'd be, if he could have gotten it all done, he'd be a Miami Dolphin right now. Right. But now he took another swing and couldn't, couldn't get it all done. So I don't know how much it changes things that you settled, but you didn't settle everything. Because well, I mean, he, he settled but didn't settle everything last year, but then didn't settle didn't the ones that agreed. Yeah. But he did, he did it now. And is that because the NFLPA wanted that done? So they could then negotiate... And, and come to some agreement with the NFL and what the suspension is going to be and, and, and come to terms on that in a, a joint announcement? I have no idea. But the timing of that, that's not lost on me because that, that was, what, seven, nine days now to when we're expecting this to be a news dump well, around July 4th. it's certainly better to have that much less hanging over your head in all ways, shapes, yeah. and forms. But... Um, I mean, there's certainly more. <laughs> the league and the disciplinarian, uh, Roberts, Roberts or Robertson, certainly more concerned about the Robinson. four than the, the 20 or the 22. But based on what's been reported, they could, the league could reach a settlement with the PA on 
a suspension before the hearing's even over, before they even hear from Sue Robinson. And whatever they agree on, no matter what she comes back right, with, would be the suspension. Yeah, so it's just like a trial, right? I mean, as long as they're deliberating, you can still be in that, right? And correct me if I'm move. wrong, both, are, both representatives from the league and the PA are present at this hearing, just like Watson is present, because this is the hearing where it was reported that the NFL wanted to present its case in front of Sue Robinson for the at least a full year suspension, full season. She doesn't have to hear them. She can choose to do so if she wants to. But this is that day as well, this, this hearing. So that hasn't been reported one way or the other on if she's going to hear them out or not. But if they're both there, you could theoretically negotiate something, which brings up, why not earlier? <laughs> What's taking so long? Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at Outkick360. We've got John McClain coming up on this. And if news breaks throughout our show, we will certainly um, hand it down. Uh, Terry McLaurin getting the new big money deal. We'll tell you the details of that contract of one of the young receivers who wanted the extension, wanted to be either extended, traded, or uh, long-term wanted to be one of the answers and solutions for his team. Washington chose to keep him, and we'll tell you for for how much, at what price. Uh, Plus, we'll get into college football promotion and relegation. Withrow with the column right now at outkick.com. How would relegation and promotion change college football? Think of the relegation it, and promotion from EPL. It would change it big time. And we will we'll discuss, discuss. Um, in, in depth what college football could look like. Because, spoiler alert, we already know two to three teams in the college football playoff before you, as Chad wrote, before you even buy the 999 magazine previewing the upcoming season. Uh, again, on Twitter at Outkick360. We are excited to partner with Aurora NutriScience. VitaLifeScience.com keeps us mentally sharp and healthy. VIDALifeScience.com is where you can see more information on some great supplements. Vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, and so much more. They receive, uh, Outkick360 holders receive a 15% off discount when you use the code Outkick360 at VitaLifeScience.com. Typical pills and capsules for your supplements, they are not well absorbed in the body. Just wasted most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for you to benefit from. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. VitaLifeScience.com for more information. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at Vita, V-I-D-A, LifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We'll have details, uh, further details with Deshaun Watson in the NFL hearing coming up with John McClain. We'll also ask him about Terry McLaurin getting a three-year extension onto his current contract worth $53 million in guarantees for comparison's sake. A.J. Brown had $57 million in guaranteed money. Terry McLaurin sits out mandatory minicamp, gets a three-year extension. $71 million is what's going to be on uh, Twitter and, and reported at the bottom line of whatever sports show you're watching. 53 of that fully guaranteed. We'll have to see ultimately how it pans out, but it's nice how it wrinkles. Like A.J. Brown got uh, 23.2 in signing bonus. McLaurin gets 28, so a small victory there. But as far as we know right now, average salary, A.J. Brown 25, and McLaurin 23.3, so he slots correctly, I think we would all agree, in that regard. Yep. And, and it's, it's, not, short. it's not Cooper Cup or um, Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams, but Terry McLaurin has averaged 1,000 yards per season each of the last three years with eight quarterbacks playing. For the Washington Commanders. And he's going to get another bite at the apple in his prime. This only holds him through 2025. So yeah, I mean, I, AJ, I like AJ will too. AJ's yep. contract is really, if you look at it, a two-year deal where they can get out of it after after year two, and he could be back on the market again, hypothetically, based on the, the base salary for the next two years. Chad, uh, speaking of hypothetical, Even as a five-year deal, he'd be on the market again at Before he's eight. 30. Yeah. Before he's 30, which is key. Um the hypothetical of uh, promotion and relegation for college football with the idea that you take the power five conferences and you pair each one with a group of five conference. And in theory, you would have a similar setup to that of like the EPL, where you take the top two from the group of five and replace the top two from that conference that's paired with, say, the SEC with the bottom two teams of the SEC every year. And that's based on results. You could have a playoff for this. I mean, there, there would be a lot of scratching and clawing to get to the upper echelon, which is that Power 5 group. Well, we had this discussion last week. You brought it up about Auburn, Tennessee, Florida needing to step up and have more meaningful games. And it just got me thinking, well, what if those programs, uh, it's impossible to step up because the elite of the elite aren't going anywhere and those teams aren't going to catch up to them anytime soon because we already know going into this season, Alabama and Georgia are probably going to be right there either in the playoff or deciding the team that wins the national championship. Ohio State is going to be right there among those teams. We can go down the list. Clemson regularly is going to be one of those teams out of the ACC. So how do we take what is not intriguing at the very top of college football, which is a problem in the sport right now, and add a layer of intrigue in the middle of the sport. Well, how about if Tennessee, Auburn, and Florida are playing games in November to decide their SEC livelihood? That would be interesting. That'd be entertaining to watch. 
suddenly November 20th, Florida and Missouri is not just a battle for Dan Mullen's job. It is a battle to not go to the Sun Belt if you're one of those teams because that would have been for second to last. So my plan is pretty simple. In the EPL, they take the bottom three teams out of 20, and those three teams go to the championship league. I think it's called the championship, the league before. Second tier. So the top two teams automatically go up, and then there's a four-team playoff for that third spot. So, Which is unbelievably huge. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. This is fun. It's a hypothetical. This will never happen because those who have money and power will never relinquish it. So the, the top conferences would never agree to this. But I'm looking at a way to make things more interesting across the sport and not just leave those five non-Power 5 conferences completely behind to themselves. So I think the most likely scenario would be one and one, right? The bottom team goes, the top team comes up. Relegation, promotion. What I did, though, was to add even more games of intrigue. You take the bottom two teams from each power conference, they automatically move down, and the top team from the lower conference automatically moves up, and there's a one-game playoff, team two versus team three, to decide the second promotion spot to move up. It does work out nicely, guys, that there are exactly 10 conferences in the football bowl subdivision, so you can neatly pair partner conferences. SEC with the Sun Belt. ACC with the AAC. Big 10, MAC. Big 12, Conference USA. Pac-12, Mountain West. So as I dive into this, there are some interesting takeaways. All right, I'll, I'll start with the SEC. If you go by last year's standings in the SEC and in the Sun Belt, Vanderbilt and Florida go to the Sun Belt for 2022. Vanderbilt was winless in the SEC. Florida went 2-6 and six a year ago. Again, that Florida-Missouri game suddenly takes on a different complexion because that's fighting for your life in the conference. Um, Florida is going to have no problem finishing the top two of the Sun Belt, really any year. They're going to probably win the Sun Belt or finish right there and get back to the SEC. Vanderbilt, and I've got a couple other examples, it's no given that they get out of the Sun Belt quickly. Now that might sound crazy to some, but Clark Lee, who we really like, I really like, I think he's got a specific plan for build, not rebuilding, building the Vanderbilt program up. If you suddenly threw in a relegation scenario to Vanderbilt, makes it infinitely more difficult because they could get caught in the wash of being in the middle or finishing third or fourth in the Sun Belt and not getting back up to the SEC immediately. I think in most cases, guys, the team that's relegated would immediately bounce back up the next year and finish first or second in the lower conference. They'd have a year of a bunch of blowout wins in that conference and move up. I think the Big Ten to the MAC is a pretty good example of that. I think the Big Ten finisher is going to finish first or second the next year in the MAC and, and move back up. Um, here's the other example that jumped out to me of a team relegated. Kansas. Kansas has a .007 winning percentage in the Big 12 since Mark Mangino was their coach in 2009 was his last year. .007, 7 and 99 in the Big 12. They have lost to multiple FCS teams over that time. 
If Kansas was suddenly in Conference USA, do we really think they're going to immediately finish first or second in that conference and get right back to the Big 12? I think it could be more challenging than something. So ultimately, and here's to me the, the most competitive situation, Pac-12 Mountain West. I'm going to roll through these programs. Boise State, San Diego State, Air Force, Utah State, Fresno State, Nevada. All of those programs could compete in the middle tier of the Pac-12 right now. So if they get promoted, there are some programs there that could stick around. Look, I, I love it. I understand it's hypothetical. I'm a big EPL fan. Fact of the matter in the EPL is, unless something crazy happens, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Manchester United, six teams, the big six, are finishing in some order in the top six. Yet, England and the world love this league. Yet, it's a scramble of those six teams. By the way, which is the same in college football right now, at the top. But, it's the most popular thing going. So you go to the bottom. I was flying, I think, to Las Vegas, fellas, when I went for my weekend trip with my buddy. And on the plane, on USA Network, I watched Everton. Second to last game of the season. Everton has not been relegated since 1951. One of the classic clubs. And they were playing for their lives at home. They wound up in 16th place. 18th is out. They were playing for their lives. They were down 2-0 at halftime. In their history in Premier League games, they have never won a game where they were down 2-0 at halftime. They won 3-2. And the celebration at Goodison Park where they play, you would have thought this was Champions League winning, World Cup winning. It was as big as anything I've seen in the EPL, these people celebrating staying up in the league. So you take that to college football. My God, we've stayed in the SEC from winning this game. You're talking about the Missouri-Vanderbilt game or whatever it is at the end of the season. A game that means absolutely nothing. In November. That is a slog We're playing out the string for most of these teams. And you take that game and you give it the meaning of staying in the conference as opposed to going down. It, it changes the whole landscape of the sport. It, it would be it, it phenomenal. Adds, it adds so many interesting games and there the season seen, with, with real stakes, not just, boy, I don't want to suffer the embarrassment of losing to my rival who's terrible no, this no, year. real stakes. There's real stakes Financial of, of that. Financial stakes. But not just And those. here's the other thing, the talent, right? So these teams that go down, Burley, Watford, Norwich City, they might have good players. Those players don't stay on that team next year. Because if they're good, they're going to get Premier League offers and be bought. So your guys who go down with Kansas, the best guy on Kansas, immediately is going to the transfer portal to get back into the big conference. Well, it's it's, And it creates a whole other level of intrigue. That and the money. I mean, think of what Georgia State, if they beat Appalachian State, would be in the SEC for a year. They get a SEC football TV check. For that year, as long as they're in there. It's probably one year, and then they're back down. They get gates. But Vanderbilt, Duke, three programs come to mind that would have a hard time getting back up. Vanderbilt, Duke, Kansas, if they get relegated. How long do they stay in the wash of taking small checks from those conferences, and when does it ultimately truly affect them Yeah, and their bottom line? And if in you're Europe, a program... In Europe, they'd go down another level. And if you're a program like Cincinnati, which I understand they're about to move to the Big 12, this would be a one-year thing, but just with my hypothetical, 
Cincinnati wins the AAC to go to the ACC. Cincinnati ain't leaving the ACC anytime soon. They, that is true promotion that is taking place. They're probably hanging out there. And I'll go down the list, even with Cincinnati, Houston, because by the way, it would be Cincinnati, then a one-game playoff, Houston versus UCF to move up. And those games which would we get watch. incredible ratings, oh, games that we don't care about. D- down, exactly. Georgia State, Appalachian State for a spot in the SEC. I'm watching that. Houston, UCF for a spot in the ACC. I'm watching that. Kent State versus Central Michigan to move into the Big Ten. Probably watching that too. Western Kentucky, UAB to go to the Big 12. And San Diego State, Fresno State to move up to the Pac-12. That would be the hypothetical one-game playoff for the second promotion spot to those conferences. Here's a downside. Look, it is a, this is a truly this, – this is a meritocracy that I'm talking about here. And because I'm talking about that, I realize it'll never happen. Here's a downside. Because as much as I love college football, they're not interested in meritocracy. They're interested in money and what's going to generate the most money. And those teams and those schools and those conferences would never, ever agree to this. Who, who's coming into the SEC in this scenario from last year? The, Georgia State? It would be the, uh, the champion of the Sun Belt, which is Louisiana. All right. UL Lafayette, who, who finished unbeaten in their conference and probably Appalachian State. All right. So how are those two then scheduled the next season? Well, you are have they to, in a pod? No. Are they in a? In I mean, that? you'd have to you'd have to do like the NFL right. and go back to you know not scheduling games out so far in advance with your non conference and everything else. But I mean, they play an SEC they play an SEC schedule. You you who either gets if it's divisional, you split the two and put one in the West, one in the East, and they play that schedule. Or it's you know if they go to the the nine-game conference season, you you split it up just that way. We'll see. It but works. if it's a nine-game where you have two uh, traditional opponents, somebody's getting a bonus. Well, this there. works a lot better you if there's, those, a, if there's teams. one super conference and then you're working your way in there. Because what the group of five don't want you to know is there's as much parity in the group of five at the top of these conferences for football as there is in the Power Five. Take a look at the Conference USA and tell me who wins that conference. Take a look at the MAC, and chances are it's Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, or Toledo. And then once this happens one year in, every year we're probably discussing for the right to fall back into the conference one of the teams that's just moved up. Yep. So it becomes very cyclical uh, based on that. Also, um, if you don't believe in the parity of the, of the group of five, um, give one $53 million check to UAB and tell me what happens compared to a $300,000 TV contract in that conference. Program changing. Then yes. you're going to fall back, and they're going to be right back in and based on this scenario. But also take so, away the check from Vanderbilt one time and well, see what but, happens there because that's their entire athletic budget. But they again, don't do anything else. I, I, I would contend we're talking every year about whoever's up and whoever's down. It's – Oh, is Toledo or Northern Illinois going to be the team that moves up yeah, and down it's now? It's going to be, it's mus- gonna be the same be stuff. It's going to be musical chairs. And there'd be a the, two, the teams that are left or the teams that are relegated are going to be the ones probably getting back in and those two that were added. So it's a shifting musical chair situation. Now, here's the downside it of it. Might be a breakthrough once in a while. Well, this is why I said, you know, it's a trigger warning for fans of schools that I listed that would have been relegated last year. Now imagine Florida playing a Sunbelt schedule <laughs> for a season. Right. That's not going to get Florida fans excited other than you're going to go 11-1 and or 12-0 and and win that conference. I mean, Anthony Richardson is going to steamroll the Sun Belt. 
right? I mean, they're getting right back up. Vandy, not so much. Vandy lost to ETSU a year ago and should have lost to UConn, who was the worst team in FBS at home. They may finish middle of the pack in the Sun Belt in year two with Clark, Clark Lee, right? But a team like Florida and a program, they get immediately back in. And I mean, if you want to look at it like, well, that was a weird season, you know, where we're playing all these teams we normally wouldn't play, you're going to win a lot of games. So the money element of it would fascinate me. The different level of competition would be interesting. I know this would never happen, but it's fun to imagine a a world where this would be real and we're actually talking about so many other games that, you know, for instance, I'm not necessarily watching the Conference USA Championship game and following along, but I would watch that playoff game to decide a spot in the Big 12 because of what's on the line for the next season. It's a fun idea by you. Thank you. You can read more at outkick.com. Coming up, we discuss Amazon, who continues to hire more names, more player and and recognizable uh, figures in the sport of football to their Thursday night football broadcast. We'll tell you who's been added to the broadcast team next on Outkick 360. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. John McClain coming up in 10 minutes. Outkick 360 rolls on. Andrew Whitworth and Akib Talib have joined the Amazon Thursday Night Football broadcast. So uh, you will have Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the actual game broadcast, the play-by-play and color commentary. Tony Gonzalez, Richard Sherman, and Ryan Fitzpatrick at the desk. And then they will have Whitworth and Tlaib doing things either outside of the studio or off the desk in studio uh, uh, to, bri- to provide uh, other commentary. I, I mean, Whitworth is one of those guys I don't have many questions about coming right out, uh, right off the field. And Tlaib got uh, spectacular reviews. I only heard him do one or two games. Um, I didn't think he was as good as everybody else thought, but I thought he was good. Well, his podcast is fantastic. This is a terrific cast of characters, though. I still think they they should have gotten them together before, but, I mean, that's a great cast of characters. And it's almost overstocked now. Carissa Thompson there also. Yes. So, Tlaib and Wentworth, will they not be on site at the game? That With the other been, guys in well, studio? They might be on set at game while the other guys are on a set. I don't know. No, That's they, what I'm saying. Is there going to be a... Are, are there two sets? They haven't said exactly what their roles are going to be. They just said they're not going to be in the studio on on set, on the desk, that they would be doing like so they might be uh, Reggie, pregame interviews. They're going to send them out during the week to do a pregame interview with somebody. I, I could see they them might be Rodney Harrison on the field. Yeah, Rodney Harrison and too. Jack Collinsworth introducing their, their features. Or I'm also seeing, you know, like Steve Young and the crew on Monday Night Football always on the sideline with Randy Moss before a game. They're going to have someone there to go to from a studio. Well, let's hope they pre-game. do some mold breaking and don't fit into these neat compartments that were. I don't know what that mold breaking is, but I'd like for them to try. I mean, traditional broadcast also works. Look at the ratings. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no um, – I don't know that there's uncovered territory, though. Like, I, I think that you do it a certain way because that's the way you do it, and there's not a lot of room around that. Well, mm-hmm. the pre- and post-game, 
you know, I think there's it's room also to what the NFL will give you, <laughs> right? From uh, from an access standpoint. But I, I I see that's a lot of talent. Also, yeah, it's interchangeable well. talent in that I don't care who's on the field or who's back in the studio. I think all of them could work in either form, right? And I think you could you could move oh, yeah. guys around and they would be you could have one week where half the crew that was there the week before is back in studio talking someone else goes on site and vice versa and mix and match and it could still work well here's the thing you've also only got one double right you've got a tight end you've got a quarterback you've got an offensive lineman and you have two corners in Sherman and Tlaib I like uh, the different perspectives from different positions well those guys are going to give you their honest perspective Regardless of position, Sherman and Talib. Talib's interview, if you haven't listened to Catching Fades is the name of his podcast. Um, and if you go watch, listen to his podcast um, and the interviews that he conducts, it's, it's very laid back and they get into all kinds of stuff from, you know, a decade ago with, with certain guests. Um, they would, we had some guest on from uh, the Steelers. I can't remember who it was last fall. And, one of the things in some prep, I went back and listened to his interview that Talib did with this guy, uh, Ike Taylor. It was exceptional. Like I was just, I was, I did not know Akib Talib could pull off a podcast that well. What, what I'm saying just, though uh, is thirty thousand foot view going is in is the corners can talk both coverage and wide receiver play. The quarterback obviously brings you that. Gonzalez can talk about tight ends and linebackers in a different way, and Whitworth can talk line play. So you're well covered when you want to narrow. They can all talk everything, obviously, but when you want to narrow down to a specific play and say, look at this, what was going on, you've got one guy or two at the corners that can, can really hyper-focus on the specifics of technique or uh, the thinking of a certain issue. Still waiting on that punter to be added to the, to the crew. Yeah, well, that Pat one McAfee was, the, chant, was the, 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 golden, the golden god of broadcasting punters. Still is. Yep. So he's around. Jay Feely's on that one crew and doesn't well, do a lot for me. He's been mentioned for some some NFL stuff Just uh, to go on the road. But yeah, he's, he's got a lot on his plate right now. He said maybe down the road. But right now, it doesn't fit into the schedule. More power to you, Pat. Keep up the great work. He'll be in Nashville soon for SummerSlam. We'll have to have him in studio. We'll have John McClain on the show next, talking NFL headlines to Sean Watson and more.